Hey there, welcome to this edition of The Shalene Show, recorded live from the front seat of my husband's vehicle. I'm borrowing his car. Put your seatbelt on, we're going for a ride. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Well, thanks so much for joining me. I'm by myself in the car, and I was texting, like, Kristen, who's my podcast manager, asking Brett, Sierra, like, what should I record a car smart about today? Usually, I'm, like, very passionate about a topic, but this week, all week long, I was like, I just, I don't know, there's not, like, a topic I'm really, you know, passionate about that I really want, like, on my heart to talk about, and it's Thursday, and Sierra and I had the afternoon together. We went to see her therapist, which, by the way, if you haven't heard the earlier episode where I talked about her reaching the decision to turn down basically two D1 scholarships for track and coming into her own, like really figuring out that she hated track and it was torturous and she was doing it for all the wrong reasons and having the courage to come to us and just say, I don't want to do this. And part of that process was helping find the right therapist for her. All of this I'm just saying because we just did a joint session, she and I together with her therapist, which was my request. And of course I didn't force it. I just said, Sierra, I'd love to, you know, talk to your therapist about next year because she's going to be going away to college. And it was a tough transition for Brock. Now Brock is our 21 year old. And when he left for college, it was hard on Brett and I because we love this kid so much and we love spending time with him but it was what I expected you know what I mean but Brock had a really hard time and I think if he had been closer because he first went to Georgetown University to play football before transferring to UC Davis to play football and because UC Davis is in well near Washington DC Georgetown did I say that right? Yeah, Georgetown is near Washington, D.C. And whatever, 3,000 miles away from home. Had Brock been an hour away from home, I think it would have been so gut-wrenching to know that he was struggling that I would have encouraged him to like come home on the weekends or come home more often or maybe just like leave. But because he was so far away, he really had to just deal with it. My, I don't want to say regret because I don't like having regrets, but... A part of me feels like we didn't do a great job of preparing him for what he would feel, preparing him to make all new friends, preparing him to be lonely. Because when you move to a new city, I don't care if you're 40 or 20 or 60, when you don't know anyone or you're by yourself, that is going to make someone feel lonely. And that's not a fun feeling. So I asked Sarah if she didn't mind us going together tonight to talk to her therapist. And I told her, you know, why I said I really want to make sure that we're we're just doing all the right things and you really have all the tools that you need to handle what you're going to experience because you can't take that uncomfortable feeling away for your kids. And in fact, I want my kids to experience uncomfortable feelings and I'm not going to try to fix it. I want them to know that they can deal with it. They will get through it, that it's normal and it will make them better. And I want them to have coping mechanisms, tools that they can use other than, you know, drinking or drugs or addiction or or whatever. 
you know, turned into a boyfriend or girlfriend. Like, so Sierra was very agreeable to that. And so anyways, my point is, after I left, I'm like, oh, this is the God reason why I didn't come up with a topic to talk to you about before this moment. It was so powerful. I'm about to cry, but I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of my daughter. I'm proud of my kids because, oh gosh, how do I say this? I'm happy because I know she's got so many tools that girls her age don't have and my son too and I'd love to tell you it's because of parenting but I really believe that so much of it has been because we've never been afraid to talk about therapy you've heard me talk about so many times on the show but recently I've been hearing from many of you saying you know my son or daughter's going away to school do you have any suggestions for me to get through it my suggestion for you is don't worry about yourself you're an adult worry about your kid don't worry about them help them help them get the tools that they need so that they know it is going to be uncomfortable you are going to feel lonely you are going to be sad you are going to be alone whether they're going away to college or just like breaking away from you we try to shield our kids from these things and then we don't talk about what they feel and what their experiences are and Oh, that was just a great set. It was an awesome session because like so many cool things came out of it. Like I really think I know my daughter. I really know her. I can just sense things with her and I I just get her brain. She's super has a really high emotional EQ, but there are things that you are so close to, you don't have it figured out. And a third party puts the pieces together. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like even in just, we we did a 90 minute session tonight, but just like a bunch of things that I thought like I had totally figured out or we hadn't quite figured out. And just by the two of us kind of sharing with her therapist, she'll say like, do you think that these two things might be related? And it's just like, wow, Eureka, like, holy cow. Wow. And it just helps you to process things and make sense of things. So what is the point of this? Why am I talking to you again? I guess to reiterate that we're never done being parents and we're going to make a lot of mistakes. I think a lot of parents are afraid to let their kid go to therapy or to go to therapy themselves because you don't want to know how you've messed up. But you didn't mess up. You did your best. You weren't perfect because you're not a robot. Maybe you yelled, maybe you screamed, maybe you drank too much, maybe you said the wrong thing. Whatever it is, it doesn't go away. It left an impression on your kid. But if you have the courage to have someone else help them process it, like you can fix a lot of pain. You can fix a lot of damage that, like, you have to remember this. If you don't go to therapy, all your childhood crap, comes with you into your next relationship, into your marriage, into your children's marriage, into their friendships and their opportunities and their jobs. And it doesn't go away. Therapy doesn't make it go away either, but therapy helps everyone to reprocess things so that they don't become these heavy burdens that we carry forward with us. So what kind of things can be fixed with therapy? Forget everything. Like we went today 
just thinking, you know, maybe it might be good to talk to a third party about like how to prepare for going away in the fall to school. Like there wasn't like, we didn't walk in saying, you know, we have this major argument or Sierra and I are fighting. It was just like, Hey, let's just talk. Let's just talk about an area where we think we can, you know, get some good advice, something in the future. You don't have to make it a big deal, but the more you can open up lines of discussion, because I know you care about your child. And you know what? If you're not a parent, the advice is the same. You heard, I hope, the podcast last week between myself and three of my girlfriends, all of whom are divorced at different stages of their divorce. And the common breaking point for all of them was communication. When you talk to a therapist, it's not always going to fix things, but you know, fix yourself first. You've got so many things that you carry forward from your childhood that are affecting your relationship today. It's really quite powerful if you can learn more about yourself and why things trigger you and why you do the things you do and then work through those. It's so much easier than what people assume it's going to be. Okay, lastly, I want to say this. Talk to a lot of therapists lately. As you know, one of my very close friends, Dr. Michaela Sarno, is also a therapist and, and she sees people in her office every single day. And the many people who I, I've got quite a few friends who are therapists and, and just speaking with the therapist today, the one thing that messes people up the most are the things their parents did to them or things that they experienced at the hands of a caregiver. The kind of things that scar children into their adult years are threatening your child, blaming them, calling them names, overreacting. I'm going to go through this list right now and I want you to think about how those things made you feel if you experienced them. I want you to take an inventory and ask yourself if these things have happened in the past with you as the parent. Have some of these things transpired? with your own children. And I just want you to, look. if you're nodding yes to some of these things, own it and know that you can repair it. You can repair it by talking about it and apologizing. You can repair it by helping your child to understand it wasn't their fault and you weren't perfect and you're, you're sorry. You can repair it with the help of a third party by going to therapy. Again, that list, threatening. Like, when I hear parents say, like, if you don't, sit up straight and behave yourself. We're going to get on this plane and we're going to leave you here in this airport. I heard a parent say that once. I'm like, what an empty, ridiculously stupid threat because you're not going to do that. But what a horrible thing to say to a child. And we end up saying those things because we heard our own parents say it and then it's coming out of our mouths and we can't believe we're saying it. Name calling, saying, you know, you're lazy, you're acting like A, that's just as bad as calling your child fill in the blank profanity being your child's friend as opposed to being their parent is damaging withholding affection or love or like not talking to your child silent treatment that is a scar it's not a little deal it's a big deal giving your child your self-limiting beliefs like creating a legacy of self-limiting beliefs like we don't do that we're poor do you know how much money it costs to raise a family? Do you think money grows on trees? We don't have that kind of money. We're poor folk. Like, those are self-limiting beliefs. This family doesn't go to college. We're big people. You know, we're big boned. Those are all self-limiting beliefs that you're 
passing along to your child. When you undermine or put down the other parent, you might as well be saying derogatory negative things about your child to your child because everything you say about the other parent feels like you're saying it about them because we internalize our parents as part of who we are, part of our own identity. Arguing in front of your children, creating an environment that's hostile where there's tension. If there's tension between you and your spouse, I promise you, your pets feel it and your kids feel it. They know. Infants feel it. Babies feel it. So should you stay in that marriage? How about you try to fix you? And then maybe you can get your partner to go to therapy. Right? It doesn't mean just walk out because you're arguing. It means you got to figure out how to communicate better. Got to do your best. Comparing your child to a sibling or other kids is horrible. I'm going to be honest with you. It is horrible. It is shameful. But you can fix it. You can apologize. You can identify that you've done that. You can recognize it. You can stop doing it. You must stop doing it. Failing to apologize is one of the most hurtful things a parent does. I just can't tell you how many people have written me letters about painful things that happened to them in their childhood. And they've said, if my mom or my dad would have just owned it, they knew it happened, but they never apologized. They never said, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Apologize to your child. You know what else is really damaging to a kid in a different kind of a way? making all the decisions for them and not giving them a voice, not giving them the ability to make mistakes, mess it up, and then fix it themselves. All you're doing is robbing them of their confidence and belief in themselves because why would they believe in themselves when you did everything? You picked out their clothes, you helped them make every decision, you were trying to protect them, you wanted to make sure they didn't feel pain, you wanted to make sure they weren't uncomfortable, that you know everything went their way, so you step in, you had the conversations with the teachers, you were the one who tried to mend ways between friends when there was discord, you you know told them who they could and couldn't date and what school they're going to. Why? Because you wanted their life to be perfect. Well, their life isn't perfect, because now they can't do anything. They're afraid to make a mistake. They're paralyzed by perfection because every move was made by you. So, of course, they're going to feel like they can't make the right decision. You never gave them the opportunity to fail and then fix it. Your kids are going to fail. We don't do them any favors by trying to make sure everything turns out okay. Because then they believe the only way it's going to turn out okay is if you step in. They can't do it themselves. That's for sure. And lastly, we leave an imprint on our children in the way that we live our lives. Everything we do is modeling to our children what they're supposed to do. Whether you know it or not, they know, they're aware that you're drinking every night. They know, they see you pulling at your clothes and going on a diet and talking about your body and they hear you say I'm fat and they hear you putting yourself down and so everything that you model everything you do I should say is actually modeling whether you realize it or not 
the way you're living your life is sending a subliminal message to your children that that's how they should live their lives. So if that's not what you want for your kids, then you've got to role model something other than that. If you don't want your child to struggle with their weight and body image, then stop buying crap food and making excuses on why you're not active. If you want your child to be a doormat and to not have a voice, then keep doing that because they're just going to model their own behavior after you. If you want your child to be happy and confident and to speak up and to be kind and loving, that's what you need to do. If you want your child to struggle with depression and anxiety and afraid to go out into the world, then keep living your life that way because they're watching you. But if you want something more for them, then you've got to be something more for them. If you want your child, when they struggle with relationships in their own marriage, to seek counseling and to seek wise advice, then you've got to role model that. I mean, it's a wake-up call. And I know I bring the subject up a lot. And I wouldn't do so if I didn't believe it would save lives and marriages and could change the trajectory of your life and the people who you love by not being afraid to be better, right? Just that 90 minutes I got to spend with Sierra today, like I could just cry because she's going to be better and I'm going to be better and I love that she's going to do this the rest of the summer. I feel like I'm proud of myself as a parent for making this a priority this summer because we learned through the experience with Brock that there are just things that we missed. You know, you just don't know how your kid's going to, and trust me, the kid's great. He's doing great. Definitely was a growing experience for him to experience those things. But gosh, if I can help Sierra to know what's coming and give her the tools to be able to cope, uh, I feel good about that. I feel really good about that. So to answer that question that I've had from lots of you, like how do I prepare for my kid going off to school or being an empty nester? Don't worry about preparing you. Prepare your child. And the advice I have for you is to go talk to somebody. Talk to a therapist. Read a book, listen to a podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. But, you know, if you want the shortcut, pay somebody to listen to you for an hour. It's actually much better than that. A great therapist isn't just going to listen to you. They're going to ask all the right questions and they're going to help you reprocess experiences and work through pain and give you some tools to help you better cope with whatever comes your way. Life is hard, man. Life is hard, but it doesn't have to be needlessly, unbearably hard. It can be a lot better when you've got all the right resources and you feel really good about it. (sighs) I feel good. I hope you do. Thank you so much for the messages you guys have been sending me. Like last week after the podcast I did on divorce. Oh my gosh, so many messages. I still, to this day, am getting so many messages from parents and kids who've listened to the episode I did with Sierra. By the way, if you're looking for that episode, it's called How to Know If It's Time to Quit. And if you just typed in her name, C-I-E-R-R-A, You'll find it if you're like doing a search in your podcast app. But I've heard from so many parents who are like, oh my gosh, this is a wake up call. I've been forcing my kid or I didn't know I was putting undue pressure on them. And just an outpouring of messages from both parents and from 
kids who felt an unbelievable amount of pressure to be perfect in their sport or even musicians like I heard from a parent today whose daughter was a exceptional cello player and the pressure that she now realizes that she was placing on her daughter and just anyways listen to that episode I hope you'll do that and let me know what you thought about today's episode. Hit me up on social media. You know where to find me. Boo, you know where to find me. I know you do, and I love hearing from you. And as always, when you're with your friends, steal their phones, make them subscribers to The Shaleen Show, because if there's more subscribers in your area, it's more likely we're going to come to your area on The Shaleen Show live tour. So be sure to check out my website. I'd love to meet you in person. I think that'd be super dope. The live shows are, oh my gosh, it's so awesome to meet you guys. There's nobody cooler than podcast listeners. Hashtag duh. So to find out if I'm coming to your city next, go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash Shaleen Show Live. We've listed a bunch of cities, so get your friends to subscribe. I love you. You are the bomb.com, and I'll talk to you soon.